CIUTFM would like to thank everybody who made a contribution during our fall fundraising campaign. Your kind financial support keeps this community radio station alive on the FM dial and on the World Wide Web. If you haven't donated yet, we still need your help to reach our goal of $100,000. Donate now at www.ciut.fm and show your appreciation for unique, independent programming that cannot be heard anywhere else. On me. Clayton Book here, broker with PSR Brokerage. And when you buy, sell, or lease your next property with me, I'll donate 5% to CIUT on your behalf. Find out more at movewithclay.com. From the roots up, CIUT 89.5 FM. Toronto. Trouble so hard, trouble so hard. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. Don't nobody know my trouble but God. And welcome. You are listening to the Radical Reverend Show. Yes, you are out there in listener land. We're delighted to have you. Thank you, by the way, for your contributions to the show. And just a note, you can keep on making them. Uh, we're still just a few thousand away from our goal of 100,000. So just keep making those contributions. And uh, you will have the Radical Reverend with you for ever, I hope. Um, today, uh, we're dealing with a subject that's really near and dear to uh, Torontonians and and should be to all Ontarians, actually, because it's a valuable public resource that we're about to lose, and that is none other than Ontario Place. And I have two wonderful people here who volunteer and give of their time to make sure that public stays public there. Uh, the first is Anne Elizabeth Sampson. She's the co-chair of Ontario Place for All. She's lived for 22 years in Toronto, a mother of three teenagers, uh, and an immigrant. I think from the USA, right, yes, Anne Elizabeth? Yes. Uh, and a rower and a swimmer, a user of Lake Ontario, obviously, and a futurist. So what is a futurist? Uh, it's a good question. It's a funny word. Um, and it means that I, in my work life, I use something called strategic foresight to do really long-term thinking about where we're going and what we are uh, investing in. And I also have Bruce Van Deaton. Bruce, uh, you're retired, uh, but you have been an activist for many years around uh, not only Ontario Place recently, but Exhibition Place. Talk about that a little bit. What's happening there? Well, there's a natural fit. If you look at uh, the geography of Exhibition Place and Ontario Place, they're right across the street from each other. It represents almost 400 acres of opportunity to create uh, a hub for the western beaches that sadly and, and absolutely must be repaired at some point down the road. So Exhibition Place is owned by the city, and it is an extraordinary, I call it a, a living working museum, it is an extraordinary but weirdly uh, collated place or, or curated place. When you look at all the different buildings and their location on the property, it just seems like it was haphazardly put there, and I believe that for the most part that's exactly the case. But the big issue is the privatization of the property through long-term leases, which we're now fighting with on Ontario Place. So that's where the connection comes in. So a little bit of history. You're listening to the Radical Reverend Show here. And beyond the glass is Riley, our wonderful tech. So thank you, Riley, in advance. Uh, and uh, I'm your host, Sherry DeNovo. A little bit of history about Ontario Place for me. I do remember when I was still in politics at Queen's Park, that none other than John Tory, I think at that point, convened a series of meetings about the future of the lakefront. And we everybody knew that some work had to be done in Ontario Place, that it needed some over, you know, fixing up. Um, what would you like to see? I, I, I can't, there are countless hours that we all met as a community down there, countless different discussions. And of course, we, we all remember, Torontonians probably should remember, that there was a proposed casino there at one point, which we fought against and won. Uh, so we nixed that, uh, at that at those meetings and then looked at the future, what might be there. I don't remember a spa being discussed <laughs> one moment as being one of those options. Um, Anne Elizabeth, maybe you could give us, you know, sort of that was 
that was, you know, what, nine years ago or so that those happened, I lost track. But um, what's what's been happening in the last several years there? What's led us to this point? Okay, I'm going to do my best, Sherry, because I, I'm sort of new to the fight. Uh, so I'm, uh, you know, there are people in our group who have been working on this issue much longer than I have. But what I would say is, uh, I, I believe Ontario Place was closed as an attraction in 2012 by the Liberal government at the time. The study was undertaken, led by John Tory, of what could possibly, you know, what we could possibly do with this amazing resource. And you're right, there was never a spa or a, you know, water park on on the horizon. What ended up happening is that um, there was an RFP put out in, I think, 2018 or so. And we think that the province, through Infrastructure Ontario, received, I think, 34 to 36 respondents of what could possibly go on on the property. Uh, they announced a couple of years later that they, or uh, uh, 18 months later, that they had chosen three uh, tenants for Ontario Place. One is Live Nation, who is already there with the Budweiser stage. Their current lease is set to expire, I think, in 2030. Uh, the, they've put forward a plan to expand that uh, a tr- that kind of facility and make it a year-round facility. Um, we haven't actually seen that proposal yet, but we know that that's coming. There was another um, Canadian uh, organization that was that was chosen to do some sort of outdoor recreation. They have since pulled out and, and dropped out of developing their part of Ontario Place. And the third tenant is this uh, Austrian-based uh spa, wellness, water park, whatever you want to call it, company, which is what the what has proposed developing the entire West Island into a large glass enclosed space. They are proposing to basically double the size of the island. So if you've ever been down there, I think it's currently around 14, 15 acres, and they're planning to build additional uh, land using Lakeville around the exterior of the island in order to build a large enough facility that makes sense for them. So the current proposal that we're looking at is this huge um, spa, which will take over on the west island of Ontario Place. And a lot of it is, um, they, they in order to build it, they need to cut down all of the trees and all of the vegetation currently on the island. Uh, and they need to, um, you know, they're planning to move the beach to a different location. They're planning to um, then add some what they call public realm space around the ex- at the outside. It's like a pathway around the spa. And then uh, due to a lot of public outcry about the lack of enough public space, they, the new proposal that we saw this summer includes adding uh, additional pathways in what they're calling public realm, but over the top of the spa. So, you know, they're, they're planning to cut down 50-year-old mature trees to build and, and replant native grasses and small trees like on the top of a glass spa. So that, that is the current kind of plan that we are um, with Ontario Place for All that we are fighting. Uh, speaking here to Anne Elizabeth Sampson and Bruce uh, Van Deaton about Ontario Place. And uh, they're both with Ontario Place for All, by the way. And that's uh, Aunt Place. Oh, it's ONT Place or is it ON Place? OntarioPlace.com. Yeah, OntarioPlace.com. And, I, and at, I, I'm on t- I'm Twitter. I refuse to call it the other name, um, which is On Place for All for the the number for all if you're on social media um and uh and we're talking about first of all saving ontario place but also uh, the future of it uh clearly um just before i go to you bruce and you can add in to to what Anne elizabeth has just told us about the history here um you know the the west end i'm a west end gal live in parkdale and uh, the planning if you compare the beach is you know on the east end to the west end um we've already got a deficit in the west end and we have to go through four cross four lanes of highway to get down to the lake just about i mean it 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 kind of to me is the worst of city planning in terms of lake access certainly in comparison to if you're out in the east end you just walk down to the corner of your street um not so in the west end so on top of that now we're going to have this monstrosity. And by the way, I did the funeral for a wonderful architect, one of Canada's finest, Deb Seidler, 
who was very responsible for that and is rolling over in his grave as we speak that this is going to happen. Um, Bruce, we've heard 1,500 trees are going to be destroyed. We've heard $650 million of tax dollars are going to be invested in this. What else? Well, the, to, to me, and I think Anne Elizabeth will agree, the, those are the, 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 the kind of the bullet points on the project, and, and they can change. I mean, we've heard everything from, you know, 850 trees to 1,500 and even down from there. The point isn't how many trees you cut. It's that you're taking mature trees growing on an island in the lake, uh, lake Ontario, and with those cold winds whipping through in the heat of the summer, it is, takes forever for trees to mature on, that pro- on a property like that. What they replant now will not supplant what was there for decades, if it ever happens at all. So that's, these are the kind of things that, that are, are, are being discussed. But I think a, a more important salient point is that we just missed a grand opportunity or we're missing a grand opportunity. And hopefully we can turn that around to change the western beaches. You just talked about the West End. The western beaches are the last area that hasn't really been um, figured out as, as a recreational space for the future for the citizens of Toronto. If we go to the East End, we've got, of course, the, the beaches. We go to the center of the town, we've got Center Island. And of course, people can go to any place they want. But in the Western beaches, we've had a lot of erosion. We've got that break wall, break wall there that has to, be, has to come down. And Walter Kem from Land Inc., who, interestingly enough, uh, as as uh, uh, you know, as a person working for Land Inc., was involved in this bid. And Land Inc. is still part of the the, uh, the, the design group for Ontario Place. Walter Kem has a wonderful plan for the Western beaches with. Uh, Ontario Place and Exhibition Place is the western hub of a Western Beaches redevelopment. Mm-hmm. That would be absolutely fabulous. That would be smart, practical thinking for the future. The reason being, every city in the world is trying to recapture waterfront for their citizens to have access to the water 24-7, 365 days a year. And we're turning around and we're actually, and it, I mean, we only have to look at the East End to see what can happen, you know, the naturalization and, and reversion of of you know mad industrial uh bad planning being turned into the you know the rejuvenated don valley river and we and here we are in the west end privatizing the land just makes no sense to us at all yeah let's also talk about um a little bit of a history politically here um that has got us to this point um Olivia Chow, our new mayor, just did a deal. Uh, for all intents and purposes, there's some very good aspects of it, which is, you know, you've got uh, the DVP and the and the gardener being uploaded to the cost of the province, which they should have been. Um, anyway, city's hard hard up for cash, but one of the one of the sad consequences of of that deal is kind of disappointing for Ontario Place. Maybe Bruce, you want to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I'm going to pass it off to... Okay, yeah, Anne Elizabeth. <laughs> Anne Elizabeth. Um, I would be lying if I said we were not extremely frustrated with what has just happened with the city. And I think the more um, important thing that Ontarians and Torontonians need to know is that the provincial government, the Doug Ford government, has used that agreement as an opportunity to pass legislation specifically targeting Ontario Place to allow them to do whatever they would like. So um, as much as that deal made sense for certain aspects of Toronto and because, you know, the way the city and the province, the relationship is set up, the province always could take over and do what they would like at Ontario Place. They could expropriate land. They have quite a lot of unchecked power. But now what they've done um, is they've given themselves even more power in that legislation. So inside the New Deal Act for Toronto, I forget exactly what it's called, there's a there's a whole section of on in, about Ontario Place exempting Ontario Place and anything the province does there from environmental assessment, the Environmental Bill of Rights, from any sort of heritage assessment, and also from certain municipal bylaws, including noise and, and other things. They've also uh, eliminated the, they've made it impossible for future um, accountability about what they do at Ontario Place, including, uh, you know, you, you, you can't 
sue the government. You can't, you know, there, there will be no long term way for us as citizens to take on what is a secret backroom deal with a company that is unknown to us. And so, um, I which think would be bad enough if it wasn't for the fact that municipal right. councils are being taken completely out of the process. Now. That's right. It doesn't matter what they say. If it's if it fits Ford's agenda. It'll be placed. It'll be done that way. That's right. And the final element of that is that he, the Ford government has actually given um, the right to issue an MZO to the Minister of Infrastructure. So currently, uh, the Ford government issues these MZOs, which are to overrule local planning and development applications, uh, mostly favoring developers. And now that's usually in I forget the Ministry of Planning or housing or something. And now that's also coming to infrastructure. So that's of concern to all Ontarians. They're also um, doing quite a lot to take control of a lot of cultural assets across the across the province. So while this is an Ontario place fight, it is also a fight about the state of our democracy and yep. whether or not our government is accountable to the people that it serves uh, for how they use public assets and how they think about them long term. We are we are entering as a province into business with this company for a 95 year lease. That's the only information we have about the lease. And um, that is deeply problematic. We don't know what the, our government has promised. And this means our children and our children's children and their children. So, you know, we are trying to fight for, we're fighting for the land and the trees and the access to the water for all, but we are also fighting for like democracy and accountability. Yes, uh, it's really important and uh, to look at the the whole province in this regard as well, because really what's happening here is an overriding of local democracy and in, in, in placing Queen's Park at the at that uh, interest us too, which is problematic to say the least. You're listening to the Radical Reverend Show here. I'm your host, Sherry DeNovo, and we're talking all about, it's all about Ontario Place. And by the way, love your feedback. You can email me. Um, you can get in touch with me anywhere on so social media. I'm everywhere. And again, Sherry DeNovo, C-H-E-R-I-D-I-N-O-V-O. I always respond and look forward to your uh, communications and we'll forward them to the folk who are fighting for you and that's Ontario Place for All. Um, Bruce, uh, you know, this bill which is going forward is is horrendous Mm. and this is a government that already lost on the Green Belt and they lost on the Green Belt. In fact, the news coming out of Queen's Park today is that Paul Calandra, who's now in charge of that mess, <laughs> um, stood up at a dinner and apologized to developers, in fact, named one of them um, who was there and apologized directly to that one who was, you know, uh, got a lot of the land. I suspect that there's going to be lawsuits and that Ontario taxpayers will be on the hook for them because this government clearly made promises promises to developers, uh, which were illegal, and um, and are being as- investigated by the RCMP. Surely this smacks of the same kind of cozy, cozy deal with a developer and the Ontario government that the Greenbelt did. Um, I, I wonder personally, I, I mean, we're, we there's not a day that goes by that an auditor or ombudsman or integrity commissioner <laughs> or the RCMP themselves are not investigating this government. Um, I, I'm wondering if there can be preventative. Like, have you? Has there been any attempt to talk to these bodies? Because clearly, this is uh, this this just smells, doesn't it? The steel smells. Yeah, it does. And, and I, I think the for me, the more overriding issue is not that. A government is trying to get away with apprehending more and more power to do the things it wants to do as shameful and as horrible as it is and i'm just i'm, I'm just but I'm, I'm really astonished at the voters at conservative voters at, at and i and not to put them down that's not my point here but i don't understand how what is obviously i'm going to use the word it's a coup they have just removed the democratic process and handed handed power to individual ministers and to the government as a whole 
to not be touched, not to be criticized, not to reveal anything. These these three P uh, 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 contracts that are being pulled pulled out uh, supposedly because the private sector can do things better, which we know is not true. We can give many many examples. Not the least of one is already in the paper today. If anybody Metrolinx, wants to read the right? Star, <laughs> absolutely, is a great one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the, the the whole point is is that if the if the voters won't scare the government with at least dropping polls was saying that we you know we're going to have to reconsider our thoughts we haven't made a decision but if you do that you put ford on on the bump at least we've got a chance to to turn this around but i i do not understand how people are finding this such an interesting uh, finding the fight that ford brings in his strongman role to the to the table i don't understand why they think that that's such an intriguing thing yeah, I mean, it certainly, a majority government really is, you know, a, a dictatorial enterprise. I mean, this is, I mean, we could go on about first past the post voting and all of that. But I mean, the reality is majority government can do anything it wants. Mm-hmm. It can do anything it wants. And that's the situation we're in right now. And sadly, it's not what we want. Um, I wanted to talk to you because you raised even before the show started about this parking lot, one of the deals the city made, or it seems like um, Deputy Mayor has talked about this a little bit of, well, here's a solution, moving the parking lot from Ontario Place to the exhibition. You you don't think that's a good idea? I don't. Uh, we have people... Here's the number one reason why it's not a good idea. It, it hasn't been... You know, the, the, the community hasn't been consulted about it. It hasn't been talked about. It can't be just... Uh, you know, as a reflex action, which is the reason why so many of the buildings that are at Exhibition Place are where they're at, is because people haven't been consulted. And the master plan that was adopted for Exhibition Place a number of years back was very specific in uh, in, in its uh, aspirational goals of connecting with the community better than it had in the past. This isn't the way to do it, I feel. As far as a parking lot is concerned, you could do, again, I don't care what's what's put there. But don't do it until we have a full understanding of what is going to follow, of what we're trying to create here. If we're going to have an impact on the cultural event, such as uh, the, uh, the exhibition itself and the Royal Winter Fair, if those are going to suffer because of these things, hey, it's you know majority rules in a democratic society, we can go that route, but at least present it to the people so we can make a decision on this and know what we're up against if we do certain things. It's just a, a way to, to do things properly rather than haphazardly and you know just off the shelf. And Elizabeth, uh, one of the, the talking points this government has used uh, re-Ontario places that, oh, it's in disrepair, nobody goes there, nobody uses it, uh, we're going to bring it back, we're going to make it into something that people will, will actually attract people to coming down. You're a rower, you're a swimmer. Talk about that. Is that true? Uh, no. I mean, I think the government is... Uh has a very poor understanding of what's been happening there. I think one reason that our movement has grown so strong in the past little while is that a lot of uh, Torontonians, who are, by the way, also Ontarians, um, have rediscovered Ontario Place as a way to access the water and a way to access peace in the city. And I think that really happened during the pandemic. So surely, I mean, I have been rowing and coaching high school students in rowing for some time. I've spent a lot of time on the water under Ontario Place. Um, I've also been swimming at Ontario Place and I regularly in the summer and sometimes in the winter go in the water um, in Lake Ontario. And what's what I think is so important to remember is that this is access to the water, access to nature is very important for all of us. It's for our mental health. Um, I found in the pandemic personally, and the reason I became very active in this movement is that um, I found that my children, my teenagers, really needed the peace that came from being near the water and touching the water uh, during the pandemic and the chaos that was happening in the city. We're talking about an area of our city that has exploded in growth of condos and other buildings. We have many more people living in that area and in Parkdale who don't have access to backyards or cottages or 
all of the things that really help us like, deal with, you know, kind of this the stress of city life. And I think that that is a super important reason to fight for this space because every little bit that we have that gives us access to the water is very important. And just to recap out there in listener land, you're listening to the Radical Reverend Show here. We're talking all about Ontario Place. So always interested in your comments on that. Um, so, so right now the Ford government, and they'll get their way because they have a majority, are going to pass a bill that, uh, and by the way, do call your MPPs. Uh, if you're in the city of Toronto, you're, they're probably already on board. Um, but it certainly if you're, you have a conservative MPP, please, please, please call them. Make them understand that this is not something you want. You don't want to make a spa that you or I or most people will not use. Um, you want access to all of those good things that we've had for a while, like the lake, like green space, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and to Anne Elizabeth's point, too, um, as the former MPP of Parkdale High Park, I can tell you that Parkdale, for the longest while, was one of the last uh, places in Toronto that you could get somewhat, and by somewhat, pushing it affordable you know private owned rental stock and so uh, a lot of immigration we've seen wave after wave of immigration lately it's been tibetans you know fleeing from um, many of them or certainly their grandparents or parents fleeing from oppression through nepal and here you know over the himalayas Uh, people like that but prior to that, Ukrainians, Poles, just about every group has has moved through Parkdale into, because, again, one of the last few somewhat affordable places in downtown Toronto. Uh, they and their children need that space. Uh, they don't have a lot of green space. Um, and High Park is a long way away for people who don't drive or, you know, have to get there by other means. Um, sure, so, what's astonishing mm-hmm, is yeah. uh, talking to people such as the, uh, mm-hmm. the past, uh, one of the past candidates for uh, for the mayor, mayor, mayoralty, who's from Rexdale, said that, and she's her parents are from the Bahamas or Jamaica, I believe, and, and have come, you know, emigrated to Canada. She didn't know. I mean, this is almost unfathomable that somebody as smart as she was, and it's, it's got to do with intelligence, but it's got to do with just being aware of what's going on around you. She did not know that Lake Ontario was there. This is ridiculous. When we're in a situation where we have such an important asset, we are the largest city on the Great Lakes now that we've surpassed Chicago. We have 20% of the world's fresh water is in, these, is, is in this lake system. This is one of the most important areas in the lake system, ecology in the, in the ecosystem, and we are not treating it with anything but disdain and putting a transactional figure on it. That's embarrassing, ridiculous, immoral. It's got to stop. Uh, I, I should, before, I, we're going to take a break in about four minutes, but, but uh, Anne Elizabeth, before we leave the what's happened until now, I mean, we want to focus the second half on what's happening and going to happen, we hope. Um, the movement of Ontario Science Centre. This is a new thing. Uh, how does this impact all of this? Well, what we've learned, so there was an Auditor General report that came out last week on, and it covered a number of things, including the move to the Science Centre, and it also included looking at things like the Green Belt and pointed out that this Ford government is ignoring uh, environmental assessment or processes to push things forward too quickly. But one of the things we've learned is that the move to the Science Center, the move of the Science Center, was designed to justify the building of the parking garage for Ontario Place. So we are losing um, the cultural asset of the Ontario Science Center uh, where it sits, the building that was built by Ray Moriyama to um, house science education and encourage students from across this province to learn more. Um, And it seems that this government asked consultants to give, uh, to justify via a business case, the move of the Science Center in order to, you know, justify building of the parking garage. So the parking garage that's been proposed as attached to the Ontario Place project will have to be built Uh, It's about 2,000 spaces underground, which on the edge of the lake means they are actually building it underwater. It's very, very expensive. Um, And in order to to justify the huge expense, which we think is upwards of $400 million, um, they 
have now added on top of it a smaller science center, which they hope will attract more tourists um, down to the lakefront. So this is, we are also now in a fight together with the folks um, around the science center to try to save their cultural asset as well. And, and again, a cultural asset in a, play, in a community uh, and an area in Toronto that really needs it, that, you know, again, um, would have to travel far to get to the new one. Bruce, you wanted to chime in? Yeah, I was just going to say exactly that. The uh, The whole point of, this, of moving the science or building it in, the, in, in, in Don Mills in the first place was to move cultural centers away from downtown Toronto. My most hated uh, comment from Ford, is the thing that disturbs me the most is his statement, the science is Ontario place, not Toronto place. And he doesn't want the Toronto downtown elites to be bugging him about what they want to see. The reality is, is that Ontario, he uses that to, as, as, a, as a way to, to crystallize and divide people, to make Toronto the bad guy in this whole thing. We would be happy to see this move to name any town that wouldn't love to have this spa as an as, as a attraction for their, for their own city. We'd love to see it there. The, again, the sign says, Ontario place, move it somewhere in Ontario. Reminds me of the t-shirt, Toronto versus everybody. But anyway, um, uh, we're going to take a bit of a musical break. We're going to come back and we're going to get positive here. We're going to talk about what's been happening to turn this all around. So do stay tuned to the Radical Reverend Show. The gates are open at Ontario Place, Toronto's family amusement park where everyone just wants to have fun. Come along with the Lowe family and experience the excitement. You're watching What's Up Web TV. At Ontario Place, kids just want to have fun and parents will have a great time too. Take a ride through scenic Northern Ontario on the Wilderness Adventure Ride and keep an eye out for the waterfall. Or sit back and enjoy a film at Cinesphere, the world's first permanent IMAX theatre. Then head over to the Atom Blaster for a foam ball, free-for-all and action-packed foam factory that will keep the kids busy for hours. The free fall drop tower will thrill the whole family. If you're not faint of heart, and if you like those heights, you'll enjoy climbing to the top of the super slide tower and checking out the amazing view before racing to the bottom 90 feet below. A quick spin at the driving school will give the kids a taste of what it's like to be a grown-up. 
while putting through the two challenged nine-hole courses at the Mini Greens is sure to bring out the competitor in everyone. You can even brave the elements on a journey through the wild world of weather, an experience that will show what Mother Nature is capable of. Cool down between all this action at Froster Soak City, Toronto's waterfront water park where daredevils can take the plunge at Hydrofuge, shooting down a tube before swirling around in a gigantic bowl, then plunging into the landing pool. Or let the little kids create their own action at water play, full of wet and wild water fun for wee ones. Yes, full of wild and wet water fun. Fun for wee ones. Now, there's a, a tongue twister. Um, so you just heard, uh, you know, some of those previous ads for uh, an Ontario place that actually people did go to and use, didn't they? Um, we're speaking all about Ontario Place here on the Radical Reverend Show, and it's been, it's, I don't want to say it's been fun. Um, it's a little depressing, but uh, we're going to turn that around now and talk about the way forward. I've been speaking to Anne Elizabeth Sampson. She's co-chair of Ontario Place for All. Bruce Van Deaton, who's um, also working on Ontario Place for All. And, uh, and, and, the, and really the aim here is to keep it public and not private and to give community a say about what their lakefront looks like and what they want, not what Thermospa uh, Therma wants. And um, that's not in the cards, it seems now. However, um, there's been some wonderful activity around that. And I just wanted to start by saying I went to a, a telethon held recently at West End Phoenix. Thank you, West End Phoenix, for doing that. And uh, all sorts of people were there. Bare Naked Ladies were, you know, was there and playing. Um, and since then, we've heard from, oh my goodness, everybody, including Margaret Atwood and others, uh, really sort of speaking up and saying, this is ridiculous. Nobody needs a mega spa. Nobody wants a mega spa. Nobody voted for a mega spa on Lake, uh, Lake Ontario and to replace Ontario Place. Um, yes, we want to see some money put into it, but not this. Bruce, I'm going to go to you. you. You talked about a possible plan to replace this, but let's talk about the activity, which is really, I mean, the action, and kudos to you folk. Um, I mean, the actions, you've kept this in the news, you've kept it vibrant, you've kept people signing on to petitions, you've kept this uh, issue alive. Um, talk about that a little bit, just the struggle that you've, you've gone through and what you've achieved. Well, it's been, it, no doubt it's been fun. I mean, we have two excellent co-chairs, and Elizabeth is here today. We have Norm DePasquale as the co-chairs. They're excellent. Then we have people like Cindy Wilkie, who was a co-chair, but because of business uh, activities that she had to take care of, uh, she stepped aside, and, and uh, Anna Elizabeth has taken over. And we just have this great group of characters. Uh, they're just fun people. They're smart as heck. It's, it's just a pleasure to be working with them, and I'm thrilled to be part of the team. What we've been doing is, uh, is, is, is all about what you're saying. It's all about awareness. It's about uh, getting the, 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 the information out there. And I've been astonished at the kind of response that we've had. It's been huge. Uh, we've got a list of volunteers. That we're, we don't have enough activities for them to, to, to do to, to get them all uh, active. But we're going we're gonna to work on that. We're going to get them engaged yet. Uh, we have a lot of work to do. Uh, we, you know, the, the, the thing with the mayor took us some, some wind out of our sails. But uh, we, uh, we know the work is there. We've always known the work was there. We always knew that Ford had the power to make these kind of things happen. So uh, we're, we're engaged and we're ready to fight and we're going to have more fun and, and turn this thing around. Um, we were just uh, chatting to the tech at the break there where we were listening to all those wonderful ads about Ontario Place uh, that, you know, there's a Rob Ford Stadium in our future, maybe. And, uh, Anne Elizabeth, you, you came back and said, well, why not a Rob Ford Park at Ontario Place? Oh, yes. If we, uh, we, we believe that Ontario Place should be public, open, open to everyone. Um, we, uh, the Ontario Place for All has put forward what we call a better idea, which is um, essentially kind of making making the West Island and the remainder of Ontario Place very similar to Trillium Park on the East End, a park. Um, we're not opposed to commercial activity. You know, we'd love to see some restaurants. We'd love to see some cafes. We'd love to see some other things happening down there for sure. And we've also proposed as part of that better idea that we do use the pods and the Cinesphere as potentially some satellite uh, science programming um, you know, related to the science center move. But I think the, um, you know, if, 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 
if Doug Ford and the Ford government would consider making that a wonderful park available to all, I would be happy to name it, whatever would make sense. <laughs> so. It is kind of weird, that this government's attachment to this one option, to this mega spa. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, again, I, I don't want to go negative here. I want to keep this last bit positive, but um, I'm wondering why the Auditor General isn't already looking at it before. The Auditor before. General is looking oh, at it. Oh, good. So good. we are yes. waiting. We're waiting on a report from the Auditor General. We requested um, well over a year ago a value for money audit of the project because there's so much we don't know. We don't know what the deal is. We don't know what our provincial government has promised. We have bits and pieces which kind of leak out a little bit. Um, but we, we've made countless you know, freedom of information requests and mostly been blocked from getting any information about the project. We are looking forward to what the Auditor General says. We don't think that's coming until 2024. And in fact, you know, uh, the government passed through this New Deal Act with the legislation giving them basically rights to do whatever they want at Ontario Place and then promptly close the legislature for a couple of months. Uh, we, you know, one might think that that could be because they know what might be coming in that Auditor General report and that they want to get a jump on their ability to do what they'd like. And you're right, I, it is a mystery as to why this project is so important to the Ford government. Our movement is growing. We have thousands and thousands of people who care deeply about this, this place and want desperately, as Bruce was saying, to be part of of building that together and it is astounding that the government continues to stand strong on their vision that this is the best thing and you've been active at queen's park too you've had demos and you've been there you've we have and we've also been working really hard to shore up our support among all three opposition parties all three opposition parties agree on this issue that it is you know, bad for democracy, bad for the province, and bad for the city. And that is, you know, that's an unusual thing. So um, I think, you know, we're, we're hoping that we can build this groundswell of public opinion, as well as kind of political motion. We don't have a lot of actual tools at this moment to stop it, but we public opinion can stop it. And it can certainly um, hopefully give pause to those involved in the project to reconsider whether or not this is really the right place. Any reaction from the actual Thermospa folk themselves? I mean, surely, I mean, I, I'm just thinking a lot of corporations would, when they sense this the groundswell that you folk have got going, especially some of the very prominent people that have signed on uh, to support it, that they might think, eh, maybe we'll find another location. Like, this isn't good for business. Well, it's been interesting, and I know Anna Elizabeth will echo this. It's been interesting. We, 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 part of our strategy has been to contact some of the uh, professional associations that would be attached to this project to see how they feel about it. We get condemnation left right and center but nobody will go on the record because they're afraid of what might happen to them in the future for future contracts um, I, I, I don't say that to disparage people I mean that is the reality of business in this day and age but uh, it's it's interesting that so many people on the design side on the uh, construction side etc know that this is not the project that we want it to be the thing I'd like to, to say that I find just absolutely hilarious about it is I'm trying to imagine if the liberals for example or the NDP or even the Greens uh, when they come to power someday uh, would actually present this idea to, to the legislature can you imagine the conservatives saying a spa a spa in downtown Toronto aren't there enough spas in downtown Toronto what a crazy idea we'd never support that and here they are. I mean, this is a crazy idea. A spa on the lake. Well, who needs it? It can go anywhere. By the way, there is a world class, by their own definition, spa at Hotel X, which is just, you know, half a kilometer down the road. Mm -hmm. It needs the business, I'm and sure. It needs the business. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what about you? And, um, like, this is. It seems weird that with all this pushback, with this incredibly organized, and kudos to you folk, uh, incredibly organized resistance to this mega spa construction with, you know, people like, you know, as I said before, Margaret Atwood signing on and mm -hmm. saying this is a bad deal for Toronto. You'd think as a business that's saying, mm, okay, um, we're going to open to demonstrations and, you know, like uh, maybe it's not worth it. 
It's a very good question, and it's one that I've been pondering. Um, this company, as I mentioned, is based in Austria. They have a few European properties, and the project at Ontario Place would be their first foray into North America. Um, it seems to me that they would want to have a very successful opening of a really prime project in order to, because they have plans, they have stated plans to open in Washington, D.C., in New York City, and like you know, all over North America. So it's a mystery to me why they would press on uh, with with this um, with this given the groundswell of of opinion that's going against this project. I I think that what's happening now is especially with the passing of the legislation last week that a lot of people are saying, oh well, it's done. There's nothing we can do. And I, I believe there is something we can do. I'm banking on it uh, as I'm still working hard to try to stop it. And I would think that this company would be interested in trying to explore other options. So, you know, the mayor did offer uh, the Better Living Center at the X as a potential option, which I know um, even in our committee, because uh, we, we wonder whether or not that's wise. But it's kind of just they, they haven't shown any willingness to explore other possibilities um, because it seems like they're they're you know if you were smart and you were building a business that you wanted to succeed that you would you would think about your community that you were entering into we have um originally this company did come in they got some support or they they supported different organizations in the city um that we've been able to kind of um share what the real vision is and convince them to to uh, to end their relationship with the spot company. Um, and I would think that if you were making smart business decisions that you would consider what's happening on the ground. But I, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit of a mystery. So what's the way forward for Ontario Place for All? Uh, what, what's planned in the future in terms of resisting this vision of our waterfront? Continuing the, 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 the job that we've been doing, we've uh, pretty well, I would say, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Aunt Elizabeth, but I think we've probably looked at most of the legal uh, avenues that we have. I'm not sure how many channels we have left there. So it's become pretty clear that it's going to be up to the, to, 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 to the electorate, up to the people themselves to change the opinion, to force the conservatives to make a change tough to do. They've got a huge lead, of course, in the uh, huge uh, majority in, in Parliament. But uh, we've gotten, again, support from all three uh, opposition parties, and uh, they will continue to support us, I'm sure. We've certainly, they, they've told us they would. So we'll continue to use all the uh, avenues we have. Certainly one of those would be, of course, is continuing to get the press to, to put out the information that we think is more legitimate than what the Ford government is, is putting forward. So mm -hmm. that's going to be a big part of it. But engaging our volunteers, I think, is going to be a big part of it. Uh, we just did a tabling event at Patagonia this weekend. Thank you very much to Patagonia, uh, where we had people, our volunteers were manning a table and people coming into the store were, uh, you know, were, t were told about Ontario Place. Surprisingly, there were people who didn't know what was going on. So we still have a lot of work to do and a lot of time to do, and I think some time to do it still. So. Yeah, and uh, and Elizabeth, any reaction from I mean, approaching MPPs that are conservatives in the more rural areas? Not so much about Ontario Place, but you raise the very important point: this could be in your community next that the provincial government steps in and does whatever they want. Uh, yes, we're we're trying to get our message out beyond Toronto. Um, we put out some really uh, well-researched um, messaging last week about what $650 million can buy in your community, how many affordable housing units, how many nurses, how many long-term care beds. Um, you know, the fact is, is there are people suffering across this province, and yet the government is really prioritizing and putting a huge amount of our shared resources into making this project happen. So we are very focused on getting our message outside of the city. We would love anyone to call their MPP, um, especially in those ridings, and we will be reaching out to, you know, some of the other conservative 
MPPs, you know, uh, the thing that astounds me about the project is there are many reasons to oppose it. So, um, you know, you could be a, a swimmer and be angry that the beach is being moved to a, you know, sewage outlet. You could be very upset about the loss of the incredible heritage of, of the, the buildings connected to the landscape architecture or the landscaping of Michael, Michael Huff. Um, you could be very upset about the money that's being spent on the parking garage and the move and the like, or you could be upset about the lack of democracy in the way this is moving forward. So I would hope that there are, are conservatives who will find one of those reasons and, and realize what, what's being sort of shoved down our throats. I bet at the cabinet table where everybody's always jockeying for more money for me and my ministry um, that there'd be some some pushback, hopefully, from that, and just, you know, $650 million for something nobody wants. Hey, I want some of that <laughs> to do, you know, X, um, just about anything. We, we've just got six minutes left, and so let's make it three minutes each because I want to hear from you about, and we'll leave on a very positive note, what you'd like to see at Ontario Place. Oh. Bruce, what would you like to see there? You're, you're, you're Doug Ford for a moment. You're the Grand Emperor of Ontario. <laughs> how, how, what would you do there? Oh, I, if, it, if, it, if it was up to me, well, first of all, I would do a full consultative process and ask people what they want instead of the approach that was taken, which was to basically create a series of, uh, of surveys that brought you exactly to the point that they wanted to get you to. It was like just you know picking the color of the, of the deck chairs on the Titanic. It was just a, a waste of time. So uh, full consultation would be number one. But number two is I've always liked the idea. Uh, we put it forward, I've put it forward before of putting a uh, provincial park there, an urban provincial park, some hybrids. It doesn't mean that there can't be uh, restaurants and things like that too, but some hybrid of uh, for, for an urban camping process. It doesn't exist anywhere. Well, I guess the island has some places where you can, but I think it would be awesome to have that in the West End. Um, other than that, uh, again, the, the, the property was used, what was it, 2 million people last year used the property? It was two and a half, yeah. Two and a half million people by Ontario Place's own numbers. And that was just using it as a park. Trillium Park could be extended across the entire West Island. You could probably do it all for $100 million. It was originally done for $30 million for the Trillium Trail. Would $100 million do it? It would certainly be less, far less than what, what's being planned. And turn it into a big park? Beautiful. That would be that would be my ideal. So, those are the two things that I'd like to see. What would you Three like things. to see, Anne Elizabeth? It's such a good question. I, um, I when I think about where I would like to see uh, Ontario Place, I imagine my grandchildren enjoying clean water on Lake Ontario and easy access to the lake. I would like to see you know not having to cross the lake shore. <laughs> so my vision is much broader than just the islands at Ontario Place, but I think they're the start. They're the start to giving us more green space, more active ways to enjoy the lake, the water itself, and not just sitting and looking at the water. Um, I feel very strongly about that. So I would really like to imagine a world um, and a waterfront where we can all access it, we can all enjoy it, and we can all be appreciated, or we can appreciate where we live. Yeah, and, and I guess the backdrop of a city that's designed for people and not just cars <laughs> and wealthy people who want a massage. Yeah, and we haven't talked about disabled people and what their needs are either. And that's not, I don't know that that's being addressed properly here because the, the paths that we're talking about, I just don't think are going to be wide enough to accommodate e-bikes and pedestrians, little kids walking, old people walking, disabled people. It's, it's, it, I just think it's going to be a disaster. And it, it's fascinating that one of the one of the things we all agreed on in those consultations way back in the day with John Tory um, was that we we need to lose some lanes um, and uh, and gain back some property there. So you have been listening to the Radical Reverend Show. We're so happy that you are. Please keep giving to support the station. It's so important that we keep alternative radio that's not commercially supported on the air. I want to thank so much Anne Elizabeth Sampson, uh, a futurist. I'm still not 
100% sure what that is, but we should all learn. And uh, she's the co-chair of Ontario Place for All. I want to thank Bruce uh, Van Deaton uh, uh, for all his work and for his expertise and for paying it forward. Uh, and just a note to all of those, uh, you know, as we go into the season, that I just want to thank, you know, all of these people that donate their time to all sorts of things, including this radio station. One of them's our very own Riley on the other side of the class. So thank you to Riley. Uh, but thank you to everyone who's working for a cause uh, and, you know, not doing it for the money, but doing it because it's important. Um, that's what that's what keeps us democratic, truly. Um, and we may not like our governments from time to time, but um, but at the end of the day, uh, we are our own government. So thank you so much uh, to Ontario Place for All. Um, how do they get in touch with you? Last minute, and uh, Elizabeth. Well, you can find us online at OntarioPlaceForAll.com. And we're on Instagram and Twitter at O-N-P-L-A-C-E for the number four all. So on place for all. Any final word, Bruce? You get the final word today. Well, I always like Margaret Mead's. I think it's Margaret Mead who said, uh, a small group of people can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. So, And there you go. Absolutely. Keep that in mind. Until next time on The Radical Reverend Show. Pay it back, pay it forward, pay it today Borrowing money just to give it away Where the lifestyles of the rich and famous have left us behind Everybody's scrambling for the same lousy dime Everybody's scrambling for the same lousy dime Rusting in the sun Recycled at the garbage dump For a profit run Robbing a bank Should not be considered a crime Cause everybody's scrambling For the same lousy dime Everybody's scrambling For the same lousy dime Killing our hell. I'd say anymore was truly a crime. Everybody's scrambling for the same lousy
like a trip on a bus that I didn't know. Met a girl selling drinks at the disco. That truth comes back when you let it go. Seem complicated cause it's really so simple. Walking down Young Street on a Friday. Can't follow them, gotta do it my way. No fast lane still on the highway. Moving in and out, no doubt there's a bride. No time to get down cause I'm moving up. No time to get down cause I'm moving up. No time to get down cause I'm moving up. Oh, no time to get down cause I'm moving up. No time to get down cause I'm moving up. No time to get down cause I'm moving up. Check off the crabs in the bucket. Make your next donation to. This show is brought to you by CIUT Studios and made possible thanks to our friends at Metal Supermarkets. Metal Supermarkets is here to provide the solutions you need. Visit them at metalsupermarkets.com.